Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting. This week, I want to talk about the idea of asking for help. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not always great at asking for help. And I'm not sure whether it's a cultural thing, whether it's a female thing. Sorry if that sounds sexist, I don't mean it to. Whether it is something um, about kind of uh, the environment that we live in, in terms of our upbringing. And actually reflecting on being a female thing to not ask for help. I know a lot of men who don't ask for help either. But I don't know if it's always the same. I wonder whether as women we are expected to manage everything in the house and there is an expectation or a belief or a, I don't know what it is really, that as women we can manage everything that's going on in the house from keeping it tidy to, you know, feeding everybody to doing the washing to doing the school run to managing the ridiculous amount of paperwork children seem to come with and everything else. And I think so often we believe as parents we should be able to do it all by ourselves and sometimes even when we do ask for help the help isn't always there and I know that if you ask for help and it's not there and you ask again and it's still not there and you ask again and maybe this time it is there but it's not really helpful help I think after a while we we stop asking for help because we just think oh what's the point it's not there And I 100% understand that. I think also some of us don't like asking for help because we might see it as a sign of weakness. Or we might be really good at asking for help with some things in our lives, be that in our, you know, careers um, or I don't know, if we're ill, for example, we might be really good at going to ask the doctor for help. But maybe if we are struggling with our child's behaviour or struggling with our finances or struggling with our mental health, then we don't always ask for help. And I I don't know necessarily why that is, um, and I'm not going to go into that in too much. But I wanted to talk about different ways in which we can have people around us who can help and support. Now, if you know MVR, you'll know that having supporters is one of the kind of key aspects of this approach. And for many people, it's absolutely vital. And I don't disagree with that. I think it is really important. I think it's really important to have help and supporters around us to help us with our children um, as parents. And the phrase, it takes a village to raise a child, I think is very, very true, but not always the case very often now. We live in such busy worlds. We don't always know who our neighbours are or what they're doing. Um, And I think that can make it harder. And we tend to live, you know, not often, not always, but we tend to live further away from our family. Uh, So we don't have that immediate village around us. I think we need to be thinking about supporters as well in a much broader sense than purely to help us um, with our parenting. Sometimes if we can get help and support with other things in our life, we then have more time and energy to put into those things like connecting with our children or dealing with the paperwork or whatever it is fighting for support, whatever it is we need to do. So I think we need to be kind of taking the blinkers off around supporters and thinking, who could I have in my life or what help could I have in my life? That would make a big difference to me. 
And it might be that you think, you know, I don't have enough time to spend with my kids and I want to spend more time with my children every day. So how do I do that? And one of the exercises I often do with parents is get them to kind of write down everything they would like help and support with without worrying about whether or not they can afford it um, or whether it's, you know, I don't know, seems feasible or whether in their world nobody has help with that or whatever it is. Write everything down and then think about how you're going to get that, maybe that top priority. So it might be that, yes, you want someone to, um, you know, you want help with the ironing or you need someone to come and, you know, potentially witness the huge um, meltdowns that are happening in your house, which is one of the kind of traditional ways in MVR we think of supporters. You might need someone who can just come round with a, you know, a nice cake and make your glock cup of coffee every so often and you can just sit and chat. Um, you might want help, you know, with cleaning or help with sorting out your finances or help with filling out the paperwork that you, you need to fill in to get your child the support they need or get your child into the next school or, you know, whatever it is. I don't think we always think about that in its broadest sense or we think it's not possible. Now, I have always had a cleaner, I'll be honest. I even had one when I didn't have a child. When I was working full time, I was working long hours. I'm not a fan of cleaning. I just find it a bit boring. And it's one of those unforgiving jobs, isn't it? As soon as it's done, it needs to be done again, particularly when you have kids. I don't understand how they manage it, but it really does need to be done again. So I've always had a cleaner and it means that I don't have to think about it. It just happens. Now, yes, I am fortunate I can afford it, but I also choose to put my money into that than other things because that enables me to have more time to spend with my son or to spend looking after myself um, and doing other things rather than cleaning. But that's a personal choice. I know other people have somebody who, you know, they swap and they, I don't know, mow their neighbour's lawn and their neighbour does their ironing because they love mowing the lawn and they find it quite kind of calming and meditating but they hate ironing, which I'm totally with them on that one. The other thing I hate as much as cleaning. And it's about finding ways to get support that helps you in the way you need help. It's not a subscribed, you must have help to do this or you must have supporters to do that. Yes, as parents, having supporters who can help us resist and change challenging behaviours we may experience from our children is really important. Having people who get it, having people who can come round if an escalation is really bad, having people who can mediate between you and your child, having supporters for your child as well. You know, someone your child can talk to and say, I really can't handle this or I hate this or mum and dad are being really irritating when they say this. I just need it to stop. You know, all of those things. Having those supporters is really vital. You know, our children don't always want to say something to us as their parents that they are willing or potentially able to say to somebody else. And that's OK. The important thing is they're saying it to a trusted adult. And we need to understand as their parents that whilst we might want them to be able to talk to us about anything, there's a difference to having a totally open door where they can talk to us about anything and them actually coming and talking to us about anything. 
because I don't know about you, but there are definitely things that I don't say to my parents, even now sometimes, that I may not want to talk to them about, but I'll talk to somebody else. And as a child, you may think, oh, I can't tell my parents, they're going to go mad, they're going to be so cross, or they're going to feel really let down, or, you know, whatever it is, or I'm too embarrassed to tell them. But if you have an uncle, a teacher, a sports coach, a neighbour, somebody else that you trust, you can talk to them about it. And the most important thing is our kids have someone to talk to. So when we're thinking about who can I ask for help or do I ask for help, we need to remember that if we try and manage everything by ourselves, if we believe that we have to manage everything by ourselves, we are potentially teaching that to our kids as well. We are potentially saying to our children, we have to manage everything by ourselves and we never ask outside for help. I'm not sure personally that's the right message to be giving our children. But of course, it's a personal choice. But if we keep things quiet, if we show them that we can manage everything when actually we're struggling, that's not great. And having help isn't a bad thing. Particularly if, you know, if their behaviour is particularly violent and aggressive, keeping it quiet, keeping it just to the immediate family definitely isn't helping anybody. And it also gives them a sense of control and power over the situation. Whereas if we very carefully and in a non-shaming way talk about what's happening with specific people outside of our immediate family, we start to break the circle of silence. And that starts to tip the balance and get us that help. And I've said in a non-shaming way, and I think that's really vital. None of this is about shaming a child for their behaviour. But if we can get other people in to help us and support us and support them, we can move forward further. So if getting someone to help you, I don't know, with the garden means that you have more time to connect to your child and find the right supporters for them, then that's a hugely positive thing because that's going to move the whole family forward. So if you're listening to this, maybe thinking, I'm not asking anybody for help, Sarah, I can handle it. I get that. And I'm not forcing you to. I'm just making the suggestion. You might also be thinking, Sarah, I'm desperate for help, but there is nobody around to help. What am I supposed to do? Or, you know, my family just don't get it. And when I ask for help, the help they give me is less than helpful. I get that. And, you know, sometimes our immediate family aren't the right people to be that support network for us. And that's not because they're not good enough and it's not because they don't care. It's because they're struggling to understand the situation And they may also find it really hard to see how you are being treated by your children. So sometimes family aren't the right people. School might be the right people. You know, you might have amazing teachers or senkos at the school who are phenomenal and able to help and support you as a family and support your child. You might have amazing sports coaches who again can be there for your child as that kind of sounding board and mediator between you and can help them manage emotions and understand what's going on you might have I don't know um, a neighbor who you know really wants to help out maybe they're retired and they love gardening and they can come and do your garden and yeah you might think oh my god I feel really bad but they might really really enjoy it 
So you might be helping them. And you know, on the whole, people want to help. If we are clear with them what we need and why and how we need them to help and give them the option to say no without making them feel bad, people will want to help. But we do need to give them the option to say no if that's not the right help. Or no, I can't manage that. And there'll also be times when, you know, someone says, oh, yeah, I can come around and do that for you now. But in two months time, they're like, no, I can't. I can't manage it. That's not because they don't want to do it for you again. It's just because their life's in a different place. And, you know, when you've had a bit of help, your life will hopefully move into a better place and you might be able to pay that favour forward. And, you know, that's a really powerful thing to be doing. So if you're struggling to ask for help if you feel like it you know it isn't good enough or you're asking for help and it's in the wrong places you know you're not getting the, the response and the information that you need then jump into my free facebook group come and ask in there you know there's a a wealth of phenomenally supportive people so if you're thinking i don't know where to go for this piece of information that i need or i don't know where to ask for help come into the group and ask in there because i promise you you won't be judged you won't be, you know, um, shamed into not being good enough. You will get the help and support you need from the group. And if you want more help from me, if you feel like actually, you know, things at home are getting a bit out of control, then get in contact. Let's look at how I can support you directly and how we could work together to really change things around because I get it. And, you know, as I record this, we are still in the pandemic we know we've got another kind of six months or so to go, apparently, until things start to calm down. So let's get some help and support in now before things get any worse and we can start changing things. I know what it's like being a parent. I know how hard it can be at times and how hard asking for help can be as well. But together we can do it. And together we can get you the help you need in the way that you need it. Because everybody needs different help in different ways. It's not a one size fits all approach. So have a think about what you need for you. Take off the idea of the finances. Don't worry about that for now. Write it all down and then think, OK, what one thing would really help? And then, OK, how can I get that? And if you don't know, say drop into the free Facebook group, uh, Connective Parenting Using MVR, and we will see what we can do to help or message me directly. So I hope this has been useful. Asking for help is not a weakness, it's a strength. That's all for this week's episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting. I look forward to seeing you again soon.